You know, I came to this church because I, I uh, back in 1986, there was a Bible school, and Pastor Rick, we talked over what I should, uh, the subject area to talk about, and just my experience here, and how I felt those rumblings, and how it pulled me, and to where uh, Sandra and I are today as a part of this home team. I still feel like we are part of this home team and, uh, and expressing what God wants to do through what he's done in his own way where we are. And uh, I think it's, it's, it's a phenomenal thing how he does what he does. Uh, but it starts with a courageous conversation, doesn't it? That's how our year's theme began. And the courageous conversation should kind of unfold in courageous changes that you got to make after you talk about those, those things inside of you. You know, you have to talk about it. Put them out on the table. It takes courage. And then you make plans because talk is what? Cheap. All right? You have to put the plans out. And plans are cheap unless you put it on the calendar. Come on, say amen. And that's why you got that on your little phone. You know, you're supposed to put things on it and then do them when it beeps. All right? That's what you do. And in the end, we should develop courageous faith when we're, we're, we're stepping out for God and find new ways and find new flames to light before him. As I was thinking this through, I thought about the patriarch, our father of the faith. His name is Abraham. His name actually began as Avram or Abram. He was from Ur of the Chaldees, uh, modern-day Iraq. I'll read the text and you'll see where I'm coming from. Uh, it's probably two-thirds down your page there. Genesis chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you. And curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed. Sounds so simple and neat, isn't it? That's not how God works with me, man. He has to push me and squeeze me and pull me because I hold on to the status quo like I'm, you know, like it's a, it's a death grip. I like helping out. I just want to help out. When God began to deal with my heart about the idea of uh, uh, pastoring in Columbia, I tried to find every reason in the world not to expand. Well, my mama's here, my daddy's sick, and, you know, Sandra's mama's here, and I like Savannah, and now, you know, I could start a church right here, man, who knew? You know, you come with all the excuses and reasons. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't have, y'all have excuses. And um, I went to my mama. I know she would tell Greg to stay. I walked in the house, and I said, hey, Mom, uh, we're talking about uh, a church in Columbus. She said, Go. This is not starting out real good. I said, but, 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 you know, it's only 23 people. Oh, it'll grow. My mama don't talk like that. 
I said, um, but, but, I mean, all of y'all are here and this and that and the other. That woman is the kind of person who looks at you and doesn't blink. I watched her. I tried, I tried to keep my eyes open for a solid minute to see if she, when she looked at you, she blinked. That woman don't blink. She ain't scared of you. And, uh, and she looked at me after all of my excuses. And she said, she looked at me, leaned forward, and she said, get out of here. I said, ma'am? She said, get out. I said, Mama, I don't. Greg, you've been holding people's coats all your life. It's time to go. All the defenses dropped. I had nothing else I could do. And I thought, well, maybe the house. We can't sell the house. That's it. Yeah, the house. Sandra likes her house. We've got two th stones throws right across over there. We liked our little house. And um, I said, man, you know, what, 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 I mean, this Columbia thing. Like she says, listen, the only thing I'd be concerned about is just how to sell the house. I said, that's all you got to say? Yeah, that's it. That's, that's pretty much it. I said, well. Then all of a sudden, a realtor who was a member of, was a member of our church caught wind of it. He comes up to me and says, hey, you want to sell your house? Yeah, I want to sell, sell the house. Uh, he says, well, let's get it on the market. And uh, you keep the commission. I, what do you do then? <laughs> There's nothing left. See, God has to work with me like that. He has to squeeze me and just push me. But when I see that it is absolutely, absolutely, you never see very much absolutely, but you see it enough, there's enough momentum on the inside. I have a that says, when you tell me to go, there is nothing that's going to stop me. It, and, and I get going. And I'm so glad that God works that way in me. Well, that was 1993. I... Uh, Got there and some wonderful people. After a couple of years, half of them say, well, we still like you and stuff, but we don't even understand you. And that's their prerogative as Americans not to understand anything they can't understand. But that was kind of hurtful to me, man. You know, I speak English just like you. And uh, so they, they didn't trickle away either, man. They just in a group. They just went left. <laughs> you could feel the wind, the sucking sound. Thank God within that time we had grown to the place that we were much larger than we were at that time, relatively speaking. But it was, you know, just left a, you know, you ever heard somebody say, man, that's going to leave a mark. And I was standing there going, man, I want to go home. That was more with me than, than it had left, but I just wanted to go home. It ego, you know, it just hits you. And uh, I mean, I should learn. I mean, girls don't dump me and stuff in my life. I should learn my lessons. <laughs> <laughs> but there came a place where I needed a word from God. My pastor was there. He was with me. He taught me every day what a mentor this man has been and will always be in my life. Uh, I needed something more direct, though, you know? And someone brought me a flyer of a lady who's from Jacksonville. Her name was Kathy Lechner. And uh, I remembered her from Savannah said some very powerful things to me then, and I needed a word from God. Now, I wasn't going to walk up and say, hey, hey, talk to me. Give me a word. 
be scared of doing that, okay? But I was trying to pull with everything inside of me. Somebody tell me something. And that woman looked at me and said, you come up here. And I stood up there. And she said, oh, pastor, the Lord speaks to me. And I was ready, boy. She said, and he says in earlier words there at the top of the page. A small beginning, do not despise it. Because you chose to step out of your security. To stand in me, says the Lord, you will see the reward in this place. And I'll just vibrate it. Then she said, oh, and do not weep over those you have lost. Now, how does lady know? It ain't about her knowing, it's about somebody. She knew who knew what I was going through, and I needed to hear it. Do not weep over those you've lost. They'll work their way back. I ate them all right back. Really interesting how God does what he just, you keep on doing. You press forward, which is what I did. There comes a time in your life and in mine when we realize that there are things more important than what is familiar. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I could wear shoes till holes went in them. I could wear a pant. I, I, I got it like I want it. Why in the world I want something new? That's just human life. That's just the way we are. Um, we like the routine. We like the comfortable. But that time arrives when you begin to be aware that you alone are called to fill some kind of need that God has created, that you are the person who can fill it and, and fulfill the need. It may be for you a courageous choice to do something new here in this ministry. Something you were just a little apprehensive about before, but you wanted to stretch a little bit. I think this is time for that, for many of you. Or maybe to extend the home team uh, and do something expansive that extends this move of God beyond the safety of the community life. But when you heed the call to expand, at some point, everything on the inside of you shifts. When you come to the place where you say, that might be a good idea, something starts moving, shifting, breaking on the inside. And it pulls you and pushes you forward to a place where you need to start making some decisions. And you realize that you have to respond to your present dissatisfaction with the way things are. I like Deuteronomy 32. It's there on your sheet. Verse 11. Strong illustration. Many of us have heard this before. As an eagle stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreading out its wings, taking them up, carrying them on its wings. 
Now, some of you studied the eagle. What a great study. Now, see why there was a consensus that it should be the American symbol. America wants to expand out. But with all its faults, all its failures, I love this country because God brought, put me here. You understand what I'm saying to you? It's my home. Not just your home. It's my home. And you can't take it away from me. But that eagle, that eagle's nature is a part of what we are as children of God. Look at what it says. The eagle stirs up its nest. Now, those who have studied the eagle understand that when uh, the, the mom is carrying the babies and they lay the eggs, it lays it down. It, it's a big old nest, but they lay it down. It's this real soft, cushiony environment. Leaves and, and things that are just feathers and all kinds of things. It's just wall-to-wall, nest-to-nest carpeting. You know what I'm saying? And then the babies are born, and all they need to do is open their little mouths up and gee, just make a little noise, and mom or dad will feed them. What a life. Kids have no idea how great they got it. You don't realize till you step out of there and say, Man, I won't back in. And there come times when you start cheaping, but your cheap is not in the higher register anymore. It's not cheap, cheap, cheap. You start hearing a little tenor and a little alto and a little baritone. Cheap, cheap, cheap. And everybody around you know it's time for you to fly. You don't know it. You go, more, 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 feed me. And you're getting too big for your nest. So at this point, the eagle parents begin to pluck away at the nest. They just pluck away the soft stuff. They just pluck away you know, that real nice blanket. You just pluck, 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 pluck. Before you know it, you're going to feel them prickly. That's how I, whenever God starts really moving in me, I, I feel a little prickly. I want to stay, but I got to go, but I got to, I ain't going. That's a long way. Woo, look at that. Oh, no, that's a lot out there. And that the baby eagles don't get out by themselves. By this time, these talons that are so big, just begin to come down and grab one of them. And then, those wings, wings kind of pop up, and then dad or mom just take off. And then this little dude is kind of shaky like, whoa, this is not Oh, this is real cool. Oh, I like this. You know, taking flight, and you're going up, and, and dad and mom just soaring, soaring, and all of a sudden, they go... Oh my God! Anybody got kids and grandkids watch real? <laughs> Polo bird was falling, 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 falling. A long way down. You can fall for a long time. And then swoops down and grabs it and takes it right back up again. Then you're feeling, I don't like this. I don't want to do this anymore. But you have no choice. By the time they got you let you go again and grab you and let you go again by the time you get real nauseous one of your wings kind of sticks out and go whoa what's this action and it takes you up again the other one pops out and mom dad just flies right above you hovering and the air grabs the inside of these little wings and you go what is 
this right. I like this right here. And before you know it, you're flying. Come on back into this. I don't want to. I don't want to come back home. How late can I stay out? Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and finally, you go on and you establish your life and you extend and you expand the home team. That's what it's about. That's what this is about. That's what he did with Israel as he brought Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness to teach them how to fly. There's a call to leave a secure place. Here's the question. Can you leave a place of comfort to build a better future for yourself? For you, for your family. Can you do that? Many of you have. One man did it in a most profound way. His name was Abram. We've talked about him. Never stop talking about Abraham. He has truths with his life that inform us all. We are children of Abraham, the book of Galatians says, by faith. I've read the text. What really stands out to me here is verse 1 there. The, can you read that first uh, 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 phrase there? The Lord, you see that right there? Read it with me. The Lord had said to Abram. Say it again. The Lord had said to Abram. And if you're not careful, you will miss all those words and put them together. When I read that over and over, I heard the Lord said to Abram. But that's not what it says, does it? It says what? The Lord has said. That means a lot. The Lord had said. That means he'd been saying it to him before. He was moving in this guy with a process. God, who is expansive, is always looking for somebody who wants to expand inside themselves, and it didn't take him long. He saw this guy say, there's more to life than this. He's trying to figure it out. Who are you? Tell me what you want of me inside his heart. His heart was, the dissatisfaction was there, and he had been just kind of messing with him and messing with him and messing with him till it came to a point he said, now go. God doesn't just up and come up to you and say, go. He works with you in a process. That's how he's done with me, and that's how he'll do with you. And that's how he's doing with you. There's a process that brings you to a place. We see in the scriptures, in the, uh, uh, in, in the gospels, where Jesus walked up to certain folks and said, follow me. And they said, we will follow you. Yeah, I don't know it was exactly like that. I think he had been saying before he met them, the Holy Spirit was working with these guys. You know what I'm saying? And then when he walked up, they felt, man, if, if the God tells me to do something, I'll do it. And all of a sudden, Jesus walks up and says, follow me. And they get up. God's working you through a process. He's doing the same thing with me. He continues to do it all your life. Pastor Rick and the over. Uh, coming, it was Overcoming Faith at that time, but Overcoming Faith leadership team had regularly discussed and prayed about the church's extension further than what we are and do more than we're doing. And there was the bridge right there, called it the Talmadge then, I don't know what they call it now, nice bridge. So we went over, in the, uh, over into uh, Hardyville, kind of did some things, and he just kept feeling this pull. 
and we were amening it. Yes, this would be good. I was happy. I was happy with the prospects. Had no clue that this vision would eventually change my life profoundly. It came a place where I had to have some courage. You learn about courage. Courage is not feeling pretty good about what you're getting ready to do. That is not courage. Courage is being frightened out of your mind. Wonder like I was trying to get my mama to tell me to stay. Somebody put the brakes on this. But you know you must expand. And with all your heart about to beat out your chest, you want to just go somewhere and lay down. But you do it anyway. You do it scared. And as you do it, you know how the old preacher say, my ointment came on me. You know, I feel my help coming on. That means they're not going to stone me. I'm doing pretty good. They're saying amen. That's what, it, that's what that preacher means. And uh, you step out. Courage. It is no small matter to leave your family to go to a new place. We knew no one there. It was the singularly most difficult decision of Abram's life and some of the decisions you make may be some of the hardest ones you will have to make. But for God's sake and yours, make the decision. Don't be scared all your life. Do something. Yeah, it didn't go over real well, but I'll just keep preaching. Everybody say amen. amen. Yeah, you're thinking. I think you're thinking about it. Now, there is comfort in going, though, with God's guidance. He will guide you. I have found it over and over and over when I just didn't know what to do. He guided. He just came sometimes at the last moment and opened up a way. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You're kin to the same God I'm kin to. But you have to set aside time to pray so your heart can be kind of dug up so you can sense it when it happens. You know, got to be spending your time of devotion before him. Doing your best to obey him every day. Pressing back against the things that pull you down. And you'll open your heart up and you'll be right on time even when you feel like you're late. There are times when the team can come to a conclusion with the Lord's help that some of the members have to be set apart for team expansion. Pastor Joyce Hall, oh my God, what a great work she's doing right across there. And I'm thinking, man, that could have been me. God said, no, it couldn't have been you. you doing what you could have been doing. And I'm happy, trust me, to do what I am doing. With his help, though, you can be set apart by the corporate prayer of the home team. But there were prophets and teachers in Antioch like that. And they did just that with God's guidance. Acts chapter 13, as you may see there in your notes, uh, verses 2 and 3 talks about it. The text says, beginning at verse 2, One day, as these men, there were, there were a number of them, prophets and teachers who were praying and fasting together. And it's going to talk about it. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work 
to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. There comes a point when the consensus is, there's a sense that this is right, this is good, let's support this. Well, when you get to moving with God's guidance, you can't stop. Don't stop when obstacles come in your way. You guys have seen that news report, a young fella who got a job and he promised the guy he would always be there and be on time. First night, his car breaks down. Y'all remember that? The guy walks how far? 20 solid miles. He, and they asked him, what is it on the inside of you? Now the whole world knows this guy. And everybody thought he was stupid when he was doing what he was doing. But he felt the urge he had learned when you dedicate yourself to something. Don't you stop. Don't let anything stop you. He said, I will let no obstacle stand in my way. He meant that thing. Who wouldn't hire a young man like that? Well, who wouldn't want to keep you on the job? If you had that kind of attitude and you had been demonstrating it pretty consistently over time. Keep pressing towards your goal. Don't stop. It was a God idea back then. Just keep going. It's not supposed to be easy all the time. Not supposed to be. You're not supposed to know what to do all the time. You're supposed to just keep doing what you were told to do the last time you were told to do something. Until you get further instructions. Look at Acts 16. You're going to get verse 6. Here's another couple of guys, Paul and Silas, who were dedicated and went out. They traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time, at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mycenae, they headed north for the province, uh, uh, for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mycenae to the seaport of Troas. Say Troas. That night in Troas, when they got there, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia was in the vision. In the vision, man of Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Really interesting story. We kind of think that the great heroes of the Bible, God told them to do something one time, it's so clear, and they just went out and did it. It's not the way that works. That's why you get frustrated, because you think you're supposed to have absolute, total guidance every step of the way. Why God give you a brain? You know, why give you the ability to plan? He doesn't always want you to know two steps from now. Because you might get scared with two steps from now. Man, there's some stuff happening in Columbia. I look around and say, Lord, if I knew this was going to be happening. But God is too wise to tell me everything. I'm not wise enough to know everything yet. And so you just do what I tell you and take a step and I'll show you as you go, son, and I'll strengthen you on your way. It's a part of your growth pattern. It's a part of the expansion on the inside of you. Just leave this to me. 
So Paul and Silas, great men of God, were traveling. They went to Phrygia, uh, Galatia. Uh, they tried to go up into Asia. The Holy Spirit, in some kind of way, stopped them. So they, they decided, well, well, let's try Bithynia now. And he stopped them from doing that. These are great men of God. Why don't they hear from God? They heard what they needed to hear. And so should you hear what you needed to hear. But just keep going. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And what will he do? All your ways he'll direct it. In every way that you acknowledge that he's right. When you get to the place when you need to make a choice, sometimes he won't tell you what choice to take. And you get real scared then. But he ain't talking. And it's time to make a choice. Because the Egyptians is coming. Make a choice. Don't be scared. And it will be the right one. It will be the right. And even if it's the wrong one, it's the right way to make the wrong choice because he'll put you on the right path. He just wants to show you, even if you make the wrong one, I'll help you make the right one. Come on, clap your hands and give him the glory. You can never go wrong by following thing inside. And finally, he comes to Mycia and goes to the very edge of the land. I can't go no further than this. And that night is when he spoke in a vision. And the vision was so compelling, Paul had no real clue how huge what, what he was about to do would be. He, 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 he senses somebody screaming out in, from Greece, Come over here! Come over here! We need help! I don't know that he ever found that guy for real. But if you've been reading the scriptures, you found out when he got over there, a church got started after a pretty difficult time. These guys went over there, and before you knew it, the Aegean Sea, which stood between them and the rest of the vision, just opened up for them into Europe. God has a way he wants to do what he does. The gospel went into Europe, and it went down into Africa, this European thing. These folks have this thing where we got to go find some more land. They just, there's something inside of Japheth like that. We, we need some more. What's this? They explore stuff. And before you know it, they dropped off over here on this country they thought was India. <laughs> and brought some people with them. Y'all know they, who they brought with them on this side. You know, you know who they brought with them. Here's the deal. Probably most of us wouldn't have never come because we were fine where we was. But God needed you here. Not saying, you know, that's not even talking. That's not even getting to all of that stuff. I'm just, just, this is the big picture. Here we are in this nation. And this has been one of the greatest sending nations of every nation that has ever existed on earth for the spread of the gospel. Go into all the world. And when he stepped over in there, the gospel just spread like wildfire. All the way over to England and France and Spain and Portugal and everywhere. If guys didn't move, who knows where the gospel would be today. There comes a time when you realize that stagnation, if you stand there, it's going to stunt your growth. Some of you are feeling it. You're a big person in a place that felt pretty big a long time ago, but it's getting a little restrictive now. That's God. 
I come into this building and I see all of these chairs. And when I come to my building where God sent me, it feels bigger than this and probably about one-fourth the chairs in it. I don't understand that. I don't try to explain it anymore. This feels smaller to me. Isn't that crazy? But when you go to where God sent you, that's where you breathe the best. You feel less restricted there. You know, things are getting a little tight for you. You might need to pray. I'm not saying leave this church. I didn't leave it. I just expanded out. Come back as often as I can. But God is dealing with you. Stand up on your feet as we conclude this. There's a time when you might stagnate if you stall yourself. Even in the best situation, there can be a tendency to just rest. Victory is a nice thing. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs, go up y'all, to Him. I love that song. Uh, but victory can be very dangerous. Because when you get the victory, you stand there and say, yeah, look what I did. Before you know it, anybody, you know, G, GE and General Motors and IBM and all them great companies, but all of a sudden, man, they say, yeah, and the new idea came along and somebody went, right by them, just right by them. They didn't know what happened. They were spinning in the wake. And they caught up and they did what they, you know, what they were supposed to do. But you could stagnate. In the best of situations. This was a great spot for me. Man, this was a brand new building. And I had a brand new office in it. For about a year and five months. Next thing you know. That's how it can happen. That sure enough would have been the case for me if I didn't Sense the heat, the call, the call on the inside. And just move. Just go, Greg. Stop thinking about next week. Stop thinking about next year. Plan, but just live in today like your Lord told you. Can you do today, son? Can you do what's on your calendar now? Say, I can do that. Well, stop worrying about all that stuff. Why are you borrowing? You hate, you hate worry anyway. You hate trouble anyway. Why are you borrowing tomorrow's trouble? Why are you living in yesterday's? I hate this. Give me some more. Give me some more. Stop. How about deal what you got? Sufficient for today. That's what I'm learning. I can now testify. I believe this pretty lady in the middle. There's a lot of pretty ladies. I'm talking about that prettiest one that I know. Fear. That one. We can testify together that the choice that we made to say yes to expand this team. Not to separate, expand the influence. <sighs> Man, I just can't tell you. Can't be adequately explained. I don't know the words to tell you how much joy I have in my heart from having made this choice. Can't calculate the value of it. It's made all the difference in our lives. So what about you? God has created you with a built-in need to progress, to expand your home team. What you must discover is your part.
in the journey. You have the courage to say, what's my part? I know you've had to think about it because our pastor has been talking about courageous conversations, courageous plans, courageous, courageous. Don't be scared. I'm scared. Don't be scared. Just think about it. Oh, and I've learned how to love living with being scared because I see things I never saw. I experienced things I never experienced. I was helping Pastor Rick, you know, to learn how, you know, to put the intros and stuff on the radio. Didn't realize I was learning how to do our own radio program. We went in and started radio. We got there and it was a brand new, listen, FM station when FM wasn't cool for Christians. I mean, this thing was, that man told me how much it cost. I said, no way. But we stepped out anyway with my pastor's help. You know, we have such favor with that station. Within about a year, he wanted me to do a prayer every day. So we recorded prayers for years, hundreds of them. And they just bicycle them around. And people say, I know your voice. I say, you know my, you know my voice? He said, yeah, you that dude, the prayer guy. You're the potter guy. You're, the, you're that guy. And uh, now they have another station that's called the Word and Worship Network. And, and they just want a donation. They only come to the ones that got the favor, or the flavor of the favor. They came to me. We are paying $200 a month. And then when they announce who's going to be in the lineup, Charles Stanley, uh, Tony Evans, and Pastor Greg Formey. I say, what? They got us on there probably about 10 times a day, 70 times a week, plus the regular stuff. I just all over the place. Expansion, expansion. And those stations reach a half of South Carolina. I came to a rest stop one day, and the guy says, and because we've been on TV for a while, he says, you TV preacher? Ah, uh, yeah. He's, I know you. And I'm, I felt somebody was going to come up to me and tell me. God was just saying, son, see what I can do? See what I can do. You just keep doing it. Just see what I can do. And he's going to do that for you. He's going to do it for you. <laughs> Knowing that to be so, let's pray. Father, I ask you to stir up the gift in every person in this room. Expand on the inside. Banish fear. Just faith. Victory belongs to Jesus indeed. We get to stand there, Lord, and just watch you do it. I've seen you, and many of us in this room, seen you do things that only you can do. And we're ready to see some more. Do it again, Father. Do it some more. We want to give you glory in the name of Jesus. Our heads still bow, our eyes still closed. Just for the right, just a moment here. There's in somebody here, you feel expansion on the inside. You're thinking, I need to expand into the kingdom. I need Jesus to be my Savior. I want to start a life with Jesus. This is my day right now. I'm not going to wait a, 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 a one more second. Let me ask you. If that's you, with your heads are bowed, your heads bowed here, just have the courage. Raise your hand up and put it back down. I need Jesus to come into my life. I'm watching. Just raise your hand up. I see you. See, that takes courage right there. That's courage. I saw you, sister. Anybody else have that kind of courage? I need you, and I need you now. Raise it up. I see you, brother, right here in front of me. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. 
Anybody else? I, I need the Lord right now in my life. I need, just need to start a life. I'm not afraid of what my God can do for me. All right. Well, let's pray. Do you hold hands? I forgot. You hold hands. Somebody next to you. All right. Just grab somebody's hand if it's all right. And uh, no squeezing and no feeling like, oh, man, the man told me to hold somebody's hand. Don't do that. All right. <laughs> it's just like you're a friend. All right. And we're going to pray. There are two people who had the courage to expand their hearts to receive the Lord. And we're going to celebrate that by praying with them together. Everybody ready to say amen? amen. Somebody say, oh God, oh God, I believe in Jesus. He's the Son of God. He now is poised to be the Lord of my life. Come on the inside of me, Jesus. Live your life in me. Live your life through me. I am starting a life right now with you. I confess with my own mouth that you are my Lord. And I believe in my heart that you are raised from the dead. And because of this, my heart is now changed. Thank you for saving me right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, I am yours and you are mine. Clap your hands and celebrate with these two wonderful people. We're excited, man. We know how that feels.